0: I heard that. I did. I heard it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's been one of those days. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte. Welcome to California Hunts Radio. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. We got some really great guests lined up tonight. I love interviewing other ghost hunters, I just love it. Question came up in, uh, on Facebook and in a couple of chat rooms Do we still ghost hunt, or are we just primarily on the radio? Right now, I'm on the radio, but uh, we are putting the team back together. Uh, I had to take some time off. A lot of ghost hunters do take time off because it gets to be overwhelming. Well, with me, you know, COVID hit, so we took some time off, even though we did some ghost hunting during COVID. But what happened was, is I had a couple of team members that passed away, which led to the summer of what I call the summer and winter of hell uh, following COVID. My mother passed away in May. I had a good friend pass away, and then one of my team members passed away. Then my dog passed away. Then we kind of had a break. December, my other dog passed away. Another animal passed away, right? Then my brother passed away. Then my uncle passed away. Then my best friend passed away. And now that brings us into this year, right? That whole year off for COVID and then back into this year. So I've been kind of um, taking a break from death for a while. But it seems like everything's leveled out now. So yes, we are an active team and we're full service. And like I said, we're 45 strong up in town in the state of California. And we can handle any needs you have. And I mean anything, okay? I've got a staff of 45 people of varying backgrounds and all that. But I'm also recruiting. So if anybody's listening to the show and you're, you live up in Northern California, I'm also recruiting openly recruiting, and I'm going to be redoing our websites. Uh, I'm going to be making it more interactive. So everything's everything's changing. Okay? Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you hear, please hit that follow button. If you're watching from YouTube, uh, look down the bottom right-hand corner. Did I do this right? Did I do this? Oh, there we go. That bottom right-hand corner. My camera's like backwards, guys. And you'll see a little ghost with a magnifying glass on, Sherlock Holmes head on click on that and you can subscribe to our our YouTube page where we got almost 4 almost 400 videos of different topics not just paranormal but different topics. And I think there's something you'll find that you like, okay? So check that out. If you're in um if you feel so inclined and you want to check us out even further, go ahead and uh, join my Instagram page. Okay? I do have an Instagram. It's under Ghosty Gal. So click on that and like that page too. We're also over at TikTok. See, we're very busy, very, very busy. So, uh, we're at TikTok under California Haunts. See? So, we're busy, busy, busy. And that means if you have a, a ghost or something, that, or you think you might have a ghost in your home and you want us to talk about it with you or something, you can find me just about anywhere Facebook, Instagram, mobile. So, there's all kinds of places to find me, including our website, our current website, CaliforniaHaunts.org, or the radio website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. See? I got it all out of my system now. Anyway, my guest tonight is a fellow ghost Center who's also an author. She's written quite a few books. I want to let her tell you about that. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring her on. And she can tell you about herself. Her, her name is Joni Mahan. And I'm really eager to talk to her because I, I, I've been perusing her book. She's got a lot of topics. She kind really of reminds me of me because she's got all these topics. And um, I can't wait to dig into a bunch of her books. But let, let's talk to her and get to know her a little bit. And uh, we'll, sh- we'll, we'll shoot some, some ghost something stories through. How's that sound? Okay? All right. Here we go. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hang on one second. There <laughs> we go. Wrong button. Give gave us the stretchy one and I had to, you know.
1: No, no. This is good. Hi. Thank holding? you for having me
0: on. <laughs> Buttons and stuff, though, it sucks, man.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Technology. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about you. Well, I'm a paranormal investigator. I'm a paranormal author. And I own and operate a ghost walk business in the very haunted town of New Harmony, Indiana. So uh, I make a living on ghosts, which is kind of an odd thing for my family anyways.
0: <laughs> I know the last time I went to a cemetery, my sister looked at me and she said, well, you're the expert on this. And I kind of went, I guess I am, but that's kind of weird to say at a funeral. You know? <laughs> so how does your family take the fact that that, that you're so into dealing with the dead? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? How does your family, like you say, you know, you just made a joke about your family, how does your family feel about the fact that, that, that you deal with the dead?
1: Uh, I think they've gotten used to it by now. In uh, and, and the beginning, it was a little weird for them because they did not really understand uh, or maybe believe. I mean, I grew up with Parents telling me, you know, go to bed, don't There is no such thing as ghosts when I would mm-hmm. feel something in my room. And I am also a medium. So I have been since I've been a small child. So I feel things. And that was harder to explain to them than the ghost hunting. And I think they've just come now to expect that, um, you know, it's what I do for fun. You know, um, tomorrow we're going to go investigate the Indiana State Sanatorium. Uh, up near Indianapolis and it's a very big old sanatorium and just creepy cool like my favorite place to go and uh, my family were like you're not gonna sleep there are you I said oh, yeah we're actually sleep inside the sanatorium on air mattresses and there everybody got a shutter they're like how could you do that <laughs> it's like I don't know that's just what we do and we don't find it spooky we find it interesting so that's uh, I mean. interesting I
0: find that fascinating, you know, because being a fellow ghost hunter, I understand that because I grew up similar to where I was having psychic experiences too. And my family would always say, Well, you have a vivid imagination. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that's what I thought it was. till so I got older and really got into ghost hunting. And I thought, No, I just don't have a vivid imagination. I'm actually seeing things, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. That sounds very similar to my story. Um, you know, I did eventually take both of my parents on ghost hunts with me. And I let them experience it themselves and turn them both into believers. So it was, you know, it was kind of a nice moment for me. It's like, see, I told you there were such things ghosts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is really cool. That's really cool. Tell me about your books. How many books
1: have you written? 24. Wow. How do you find the time? I don't know. It's just, I'm compulsive and I write pretty fast. Um, I can put out a book in like three months. And although like my newest book, which I happen to have right here, Haunted Posey County, um, that one took me a little bit longer because it's, you know, other people's stories. So it takes a little time to do research and getting the history right. But I don't know, it's what I do, you know, it's what I enjoy doing. So and your team um, that, that you work with, uh, where, where, where are you guys operate mainly? What area? Um, I'm pretty much in New Harmony, Indiana. Um, and as far as being a team, we just kind of get together and do things. I, I do get walk uh, requests for walkthroughs on homes, mm-hmm. and I will generally just do that myself or with um, another medium, and we'll just walk through and do a psychic sweep. Instead of using equipment, but um, we do host public events here where we have all the equipment, we have all the fun stuff, all the toys. And uh, my friend Donna has eight suitcases full of paranormal gear she's bringing tomorrow. So, me, I just pretty much have a camera bag over my shoulder. You know, I have some stuff, but I don't even need it. You know, being a medium, I can walk in and, you know, feel what's going on. Um, You know, I do like my spirit box just so I can get some kind of validation. But uh, I don't even need it. I just walk through and go. Oh wow, check that out. There's a you know there's a young man over in this corner. And you know the more I tune into them, the more information I pull. But not everybody has that skill set, and uh, you know the equipment definitely uh, brings a little bit more of a scientific approach to it. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit more um, you know it's touchable for them if they don't have the ability to intuit it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you go on these cases, you know, when you do walkthroughs like that, and I've had mediums tell me this before on location, you know, say there's multiple ghosts in an area. Um, do certain ones want to talk to you or certain ones don't?
1: Oh, definitely. There'll be some that'll re- uh, retreat back into the corner and I can, I'll search to pull information about them, but not necessarily. I can't really communicate back and forth with them. I can get, you um, I'm clear audience. That's my first, that's my gateway. So I'll hear a tone similar to ear ringing and I have one here right now, buzzing my ear. So, um, but uh, if I pay attention to it and I tune into it, then I start getting more information and I find that I'm really good at automatic writing. So if I get pick up a pencil and paper and I just start writing information comes to me and I'll start off with it's a female and uh, she's, I see her as dark haired, uh, tall, slender, and then I'll see her clothing, you know, it's like uh, 1800s, period. Uh, and then I'll start getting details about her personality and uh, and then just little things and, uh-huh. um, you know, what she wants and basic stuff like that. But as far as communicating back and forth, I'm not that good, I'm, which I'm kind of glad I'm not that good because I feel like I'm already a ghost magnet. If I were able to communicate right. back and forth, I'd never have a moment of peace. Absolutely. Tell me more about automatic writing. I find that fascinating, and I've never been around somebody that does that. So, how does that work exactly? Um, it's basically, um, I don't know. For me, I just, uh, I just start writing, and as things come to me, I write them down. And so, I don't know. I think most people who do automatic writing just start writing, and they don't even aren't even aware, but they're writing. Me, I just, mm-hmm. um, it's a way for me to capture the thoughts that are coming into my head. Um, I don't know. And I feel like I'm always a little bit better at intuiting what's going on when I'm writing on pen and, you know, when I'm writing it down instead of just saying it aloud. So I don't know. It's just a tool. It's just my method. Um, okay. Do
0: do you hear voices or is is it thoughts? Like you say, thoughts come into your head or or, or
1: do the voices tell you to write it or, or how's that work? Um, you know, I don't necessarily hear, sometimes I'll hear their voices, but most of the time it's just information, just words that'll kind of come to my, into my mind. And I'll write them down like, uh, sad or, um, looking for something or, uh, last, I just did a, a walk through earlier in the week and, um, I just picked, I just, it came to me, somebody in this house lost a child. And, uh, so after i did my walkthrough and i had everything written down i went and talked to the homeowner and you know she said absolutely the owners not before me but before them lost a child in this house so you know it's just um you know i don't know who's telling me i just get that information it comes to me and i write it down right now
0: as an intuitive investigation do you work together with the other go with the other people on, on the investigation to try and clarify information or, or, or make it more verified? Like for instance, I know I've worked with psychics where uh, I'm using dowsing rods and we're using EVP at the same time and then I'm working with the psychic you know, it's a female from, from maybe this era and so we start asking questions and we start getting more info. Yeah,
1: you know it's funny because I don't when we're on like like tomorrow when we go to the asylum, mm-hmm. I Probably won't be intuiting too much. I'll, I can't avoid hearing the ear ringing, So, and it always is different tones. Like I'll know it's male or female. I know if it's good or bad. Um, so it kind of helps me identify which rooms we might want to investigate. But I don't always open up and pull in information. Uh, one reason is because I'm a ghost magnet. And the more I pay attention to them, the more they pay attention to me. And I don't want anything coming home with me. So, you know, I, but when I do the walkthroughs of homes, I feel like, I feel more comfortable with those because I feel like, um, whatever's there is probably a homeowner. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. like 90% of the time it's somebody that lived at the house. And, um, I just, I don't feel like they're going to probably follow me because they've been, you know, stuck there and happy where they are for a very long time. So they have no need to come with me.
0: I can understand that. Yeah, like like with commercial places like that, because you really don't know what type of personality they have, and that that's what that's what's kind of scary about it. You know, about as far as them coming home with you, even cemeteries. You know, when you walk through cemeteries, because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of unnerving because you don't know who or what's going to follow you. Who if if, if if who or what is going to follow you? Um, tell me about uh, when you're most interesting investigation so far that,
1: that you've okay. here. Most interesting investigations um oh my gosh there's so many of them. Um we sh- we just did uh, the Rhodes Hotel in um Atlanta, Indiana a couple weeks ago and uh it's a really neat old hotel. It's not really a hotel anymore, but it used to be. We rented the whole building. And we kept getting information through the night. We kept getting things on a spirit box. When we use a portal, we got that. And, uh, but th- we do uh, the Asti's method a lot, you know, mm-hmm. where one team member's hooked up to the spirit box. And while I was filming her, the wall behind her, it almost looked like something was morphing out of the wall. And uh, I thought that was kind of neat. I like it when we catch things on video because it doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, and there's sometimes it could be explanations. It could be low light situations and the cameras trying to focus and things like that. But it was really cool to watch it. It was like, is that, you know, you'd see a face and then, you know, it's like, am I, uh, you know, am I making, am I seeing what I want to see, you know, um, or is that something accurate? Um, I mean, I've had so many investigations. I've done more than 300 of them. So it's hard to remember back. I think probably one of the curious ones I ever had, was um, up in upstate New York, um, Rolling Hills Asylum in, uh, I think it's, is it East Bethany? I always forget which direction, um, New York, but um, it's an old, it was an old poor farm and it turned into asylum and it's, I mean, there's some heavy stuff there. Um, She says there's really nothing negative and I think it's just misunderstood energy sometimes, you know, if there were people there with uh, mental issues um, and they died in that state, sometimes they don't completely understand what we're doing. And um, I was just coming into my abilities. Like I have always been this way, but I really ran from it for a long time. And when I opened those floodgates and really decided to start trying to, um, you know, experience my, clear audience fully I learned that if I listened to a tone I would hear I could pull it in and we were at the end of the night everybody else had left it was just me my friend Sandy and the owner Sharon and we were there uh walking around and she was showing us some of her favorite spots in the asylum mm-hmm. and I started hearing a tone so I started pulling it in pulling it in and all of a sudden I looked up. And I saw this gray snake-like thing slithering big, like it was like, you know, big around slithering towards me. And then it shot right through my head. And when it shot through my head, um, I felt like I took a big breath of icy cold air, like my body was full of coldness. And then it shot out the back of me. And that terrified me because I thought, what if it gets stuck inside of me, <laughs> you know? Wow, yeah. uh, And I I had the same thing happen to me in my own home a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I wasn't pulling on it, pulling any energy, and I got up in the middle of the night. I knew I had something in my house, and I got up and walked into the bathroom and saw a dark shadow in the corner of the bathroom, and it rushed me, and it went right through me, and it, but it paused for a minute, so I could see nothing but black, and then it went out the back of me, and that you know I literally flinched like something was flying at me. And that scared me quite a bit too. So, yeah, you know, sometimes it's fun, all fun and games. And then other times something jumps in, it's not so much fun.
0: <laughs> um, going along that line, what type of protection
1: things do you, do you use going in? Um, I've used everything. I've actually written two books on paranormal protection. So I know what to do. Um, I used to wear St. Benedict's medal, which I'll probably put that on for tomorrow night, just for an extra layer. But um You know, I've used protection stones. I've used prayer. Um, I really now use my spirit guides for the most part. Like I'll ask them and my ancestors ask them to surround me with protection and keep me safe. But if something wants to follow me, it doesn't matter what I do. There's something about my energy that they really, really like. And uh, it will follow me. I don't even have to leave my house to get an attachment. Sometimes they find me, I, I feel like off the astral plane and they just zip in. So I've always, I always have something here. And so it doesn't really wig me out that somebody's always watching me, <laughs> you know, no matter what I do, I'm being their eyes on me, but I've gotten used to it. this. It's been going on for, you know, 15, 20 years or really all my life for that part. So it's just a weird way to live, but I've gotten used to it. I mean, what else do you do? I can't, you know, I haven't, I've had my house warded. I've had, um, Metal, religious metals buried at all four corners. I've had sea salt and holy water, you know, on my windows and doors and the whole nine yard and it doesn't matter. They just zip right through like it's tissue paper. So I'm still, you know, I don't claim to be an expert on anything. I've had a lot of experiences. I've written a lot of books about my experiences, but you know, as for, you know, the nitty gritty, none of us really know, you know, the tr- until That's we die. True. We have
0: that in common because that that's what it's like here too.
1: Oh really? As as I remember
0: there's stuff here. And I'm always exhausted. I mean you you can mm-hmm. only do so much, you know. I've done right. the whole I've done the whole salt thing in all the corners and by the windows and all that. But there's still stuff there's there's something here all the time. You know, and it does get people don't realize how when you take a psychic hit, how exhausting it is.
1: It really is. It really is. And after I do an investigation, or even after I do a ghost walk, I'm I'm down to the count for a good day afterwards. Um, this investigation, I've already cleared my schedule for the rest of the week because I know that it's going to take me more than a day to recover. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm okay with that. It's worth it. You know, it's worth it. You know, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So, but yeah, and it doesn't matter. You know, you hydrate. Try to stay hydrated. But you know, the psychic energy that they pull from you is um you know I do I do grounding and shielding as well, and I feel like sometimes my bubbles stronger than other times, but you know they still pull energy from me they still drain me by the end of the night
0: absolutely I mean, like I said, you and I must have similar energy because I've been told when I go to cemeteries and stuff there's like a conga line of ghosts behind me,
1: yeah, they just probably
0: you know, and it's like. Like you say, no matter how much, I mean, I wear St. Benedict's medal in the whole thing. And no matter how much you protect yourself, there's going to be always one that gets through. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, and they push through it. Um, I did a house walk through two days ago for someone that lives in the same town with me. And uh, they have a six-year-old daughter. And the mother is not very intuitive. I keep trying to get her to go on house walkthroughs with me, but I think she's a nervous about it because she's afraid she's going to bring something home to, you know, her family. But uh, they had something in their house that was really dark and she was worried about it. She said they kept having nightmares every night, like her horrible, horrible nightmares that something's chasing. The little girl started having them. Something was trying to get her, trying to climb in her bed with her. And, um, and then the parents would come and lay in bed with her to try to comfort her. And they would have the same nightmares, And uh, so they asked me if I'd come over and walk in and I walked around the house and um, didn't feel a thing really. I mean, they do have a couple resident ghosts. I've already been in their house and checked it out for that. And I've identified, I think there's like three ghosts that live there and, you know, they're, you know, they don't really let them know. Uh, They don't act up or anything. They're just there. But I walked into the little girl's bedroom and it was like, you know how you walk into an area with a really negative ghost. It's heavy and and you just immediately your fight or flight instincts kick in and you feel threatened and it was you know and it hasn't happened a lot with me because i've not run into any quite that negative this one was really heavy really negative and um i suspected that the daughter probably inherited her mother's abilities so i pulled her into the room and i said um you know what are you feeling and uh She said, she said, the bad, you know, he's here, the badman's here. And I said, do you know how to shield? I said, can you make a bubble around yourself? So I put her under the light in the middle of the room. And I said, close your eyes and see that light through your eyelids and pull it down around you, make a big bubble and make it really strong. That bubble protects you. Nothing can get into it. And uh, she opened her eyes and smiled and she said, I'm going to push it out over the whole house. And just like that, boom, she bumped that ghost out of that room. Like it went from being really heavy to being just like the rest of the house. And I was like, very envious, very quickly of a six-year-old. I'm like, that's just incredible. uh, The power that she had. And I'm sure children, you know, they're they're not told, you know, at that age, they're they're intuitive and they're not told otherwise. And um, her abilities were insane. I was like... Uh, I and so before I left, I said, "Would you pull the bubble around me too, so I don't walk outside and pick up your nasty ghost on the sidewalk?" And she did, and I, you know, I was fine. So I think, you know, it's it's unfortunate that some of us are built with um, the attraction to ghosts. That you know that they're they're so attracted to us, but we're not always uh, given that uh, higher RPM of energy to push them away because I've worked with a ton of mentors and they, they just say, well tell them they're not allowed to follow you and I'm like, you know, big eye roll because you know, what you think I didn't think of that you know you think I didn't tell them to get out of my house and it doesn't matter they laugh because I don't have anything to put behind it and uh, other people like this six-year old just made her bubble and poop it was gone and I'm like, you know so I I could never do that. I've tried believe me, I've tried um, but I just don't have that same energy level that she does so I was very impressed. Absolutely, I've worked with a lot of kids.
0: Like they call them psychic kids, like on TV. I work with a lot of kids, and and they do have a lot of power. These, uh, you know, a lot of these kids. It's amazing. Oh yeah. But I yeah, agree with definitely. you. I mean, I could have the best protection up, and be doing be doing a post after an investigation with a client, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. my stomach flips. Yeah. Because someone so be you know <laughs> decide to walk through me, and then I know well I'll be down for two days. But no matter how much protection you put up, sometimes it just doesn't help.
1: Yep. But, you know, one good side effect is all these ghost stories giving me a lot of things to write about. So I've um, written, you know, a lot of my books are, uh, a, a lot of my original books were my own experiences. I had my very first, um, well... The first book I wrote about the paranormal was Soul Collector. I picked up an attachment that was a soul collector and I didn't have a good backup plan. That was in my early days. And um, I kind of wrote it as a um, a warning for other people who are sensitive or intuitive. You know, before you go out there and put yourself in these creepy, crazy places, have a backup plan. What are you going to do if something follows you home? And uh, and have that down pat, like, you know, have a good psychic medium that, that is able to remove ghosts or have like I have a shaman who now removes things from me remotely. Okay. Um, you know, if you don't have that, you know, you're kind of screwed if you come home. And that's what happened to me. with was so clever. it just turned out he was like the nastiest. And, you know, as a medium that they don't have to move the furniture to get your attention. All they have to do is get close to you and send you intimidating thoughts and and then make a few random weird things happen. Like all of a sudden make creepy music, start playing on your phone when your phone's turned off or, you know, make your cat stare in the corner and arch up and take off running out of the room. And, you know, when you're already feeling that it's there, it's just that little extra, you know, that they give you. And, and it's hard to explain to other people that aren't feeling it. They're like, you know, well, what happened? You know, did you have entities, you know, standing in front of you? Did you see them? Did they, you know, trash the room? And I'm like, they don't have to do that. When you're a medium, they can get to you just by being there. It's all they have to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100% on that.
1: And in all your investigations, how many,
0: I mean, it, you know, we always preach, it used to be a, a standard preach that as far as, like, like, because I want to clear some stuff, like these demon cases. How many demon cases have you really come across in, like, 300 investigations versus a ghost that's trying to act angry
1: and like a demon?
0: Because Most of them are
1: human. Um oh. I have actually had, I think, maybe three or four demonic encounters, and I always know uh, they're elusive. They don't—I don't hear them. I don't hear the clear audience. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't make a sound, but I get this almost oily, heavy, uh, repulsive feeling. Like I can't explain it. That's just how I feel. Like I just know something's there, and I—and that again, that fight or flight kicks in. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that's about my pay grade. I don't deal with demons. So I just back out. I'll leave. Um, I'll call my shaman friend and say, hey, there's a demon here. We actually had um, I used to teach Paranormal 101 classes. And I think this is in one of my books. I think it might be in Ghost Magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, we invited um, I would teach I taught Paranormal 101 classes in the town of Gardner, Massachusetts. I lived in Massachusetts for 30 years. And uh, collected a lot of really cool people. They, a lot of them were just coming into their abilities. And uh, when in reality, they were full-blown psychic mediums. They just had never tested it or worked with validation or, you know, really gone that extra mile. And so they were blossoming. They were so great. And one night this guy shows up and um, he had a haunted doll. And I'm not going to give his name or the name of his doll because I feel like he's gotten enough publicity Um but he was traveling the country with this doll and, you know, getting a lot of attention from it. And he'd been offered a lot of options about people removing the attachment from the doll. And he just kept saying, no, no, I want to hear the whole story before I do it. I think he liked the attention, but um, he he brought the doll and sat it in a chair. And to, we were all like, at one point, we could all feel it was almost like an octopus with tendrils coming down. Like we could all feel him, you know, like it reach out and touch your energy. And, and we were just all completely wigged out. Nothing happened. The doll never moved or anything, but all of us in the group were feeling it. And uh, so I I stepped away from the class and went and called my shaman friend in Virginia. I didn't, usually I message him and wait for him to call me back or, you know, I called him and he was a little shocked to hear from me. I'm like, you got to help us. This doll is, uh, there's something really bad attached to this doll and um he he sent his guides or he's astral projects too so he's able to see things and he said he said yeah it's really bad he said it's it's a demon it said it's not a high level demon and the guy was saying and had a demon attached to it which we were all uh, rolling our eyes it's like why would a demon be attached to a doll they don't usually attach to dolls Mm -hmm. um but there was definitely something demonic going on um in that room and he later had some experiences where when he got back to his hotel room, he slipped and fell. And I don't know, everybody in the class started having weird things happen to them on the way home from class. uh, One person's car wouldn't start. Somebody else's house was broken into somebody else slipped and fell and really hurt themselves. It was like one after the other. So, um, you know, he, Michael, the shaman, uh, kept us all safe, but you know, he couldn't do anything to remove that demon without permission. So, mm-hmm. um, that was crazy. It was just, you know, it's like, um, but other experiences, you know, you'll go in somewhere and like Ashmore states, we investigated that in Indiana. And, um, it, I think that one was on Ghost Adventures and Zach had declared it, you know, full of demons and, um, you know, we never encountered anything negative there. Um, there's an, a man that has, stays in the boiler room, and he was, um, I believe he was autistic, and he was protective over that room. And if he was a little grumpy, I don't blame him, because how many people come down there and ask him what his favorite color is, or, you know, why he's still there, or, you know, does he take care of the boiler room? You know, just all the same questions over and over again. Uh, his energy was a little testy, but... You know, as far as being a demon, no, not, you know, no, I've not run into nearly as many uh, as people on the TV shows would like you to think. Um, and I kind of see why they did it because people stopped being afraid of ghosts. So they had to up the ante and go to demons. It's like, Ooh, maybe they'll be afraid of demons. So I don't know what they're going to, I guess next maybe aliens. You know? maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Oh,
0: the reason why I asked the question initially too, was because, I've noticed when we have gotten cases, because of the TV shows, Mm -hmm. people think they've got a demon in their house right away. Mm -hmm. But the majority, like you say, the majority of the time, it's not a demon. It's a ghost that's lashing out. And sometimes the ghost wants you to think it's a demon. And it's an actual angry, you know, all it is is an angry ghost. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard to convince people when you go out that no, you don't have a demon here. If it was a demon, it would be doing this, this, and this, and this, and this.
1: Yeah. My closest to- it, yeah, when uh when I was going through the soul collector, it was um I it was explained to me that the um the it was a human entity that was uh stalking me, but that he had been possessed by a demon before he died. So there was like some kind of tie. I don't know how much of that I believe, but he was getting to me, like I was going through the stages of possession. Like, you know, um, he was fully starting to separate me from people and make me forget things. Like I'd go through time lapses where I would be just um, I'd lose hours. Um, and I started not wanting to see people like I just become very uh, isolated. And, you know, he was getting me where he wanted me. And, you know, I was told he wanted me dead so he could collect my soul. So but as far as being I mean, that was one of the most negative, terrible things I've gone through. And he was not I really don't think he was demonic. I mean, I don't it doesn't feel like he was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know we get it. We get it, too. People are especially around here. We're kind of in the Bible belt. And a lot of people think there's nothing but angels or demons. There's nothing in between, you know. But I think, um, you know, we're coming across so many just human souls that are still in the house that they loved, you know, and they don't want to go anywhere. They're happy where they are and they don't need, uh, they really don't need or want our help. All they, all they need us to do is tell the homeowner, don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I leave them be, I mean, they were there first and I tell the people, talk to them, you know, if you're going to change the wallpaper, or rip down a wall, make sure you tell them. You know, because that's when, you know, usually the activity bumps up is when you start doing some kind of home renovation. And, you know, uh, grandma's mad that you're, you know, tearing down her favorite wallpaper, you know. So, uh, and just to tell them, look, I know you're here. You don't need to, you know, do anything to scare us. And, you know, a lot of times that helps. And, you know, if they continue to act up, then yes, I mean, you know, we can move them along. I mean, I talk to them a lot of times, it's like counseling. Um, You know, I'll just go in and say, look, you know, um, there's better places for you to be than sitting here eavesdropping and spying on current homeowners. You know, while that might be interesting, you know, there's a whole different, Yeah, universe for you to go to, you know, dimension or whatever you want to call it. You know, you can move on over and uh, have different experiences that are more positive and be with your family members and stuff. And uh, you know, I can cross them over if they want to go. I can't make them go if they don't want to go. So, right. Right.
0: I always um, give the client a choice too when I'm out there. You know, if, if it is if it is Uncle Bob or somebody like that, hey, you know, they're not like you say they're not hurting anything. They're not bothering you really. You know, it's up to you. Do you want them here? Or we can try to make them go, but we can't force them to go either. But it's up to you, you know.
1: Yeah. I don't even really give them a choice because um, I don't have the capabilities to make them go. Um, you know, I'd have to reach out to my shaman. And, and um, but, you know, and I just kind of feel like unless it's negative, unless it's doing things that are scary. Um, there's no reason for it to go. I just tell it to stop doing that. You know, it's there. Because a lot of times I just want you to know they're there. You know, once you know, it's like, okay, look, I know you're here. Like the one I went to um, earlier in the week, um, I sometimes I'll get a mind picture of them. And I started seeing him before I even left home. And he reminded me of Sam Elliott. Like he had that big gray mustache and Uh, When I got to the house and I started walking through, I was definitely picking up on him. But as I got there, the image became a little less handsome. You know, he wasn't quite as, you know, good looking as Sam Elliott was in his day. Um, And uh, the woman said, well, we know know he's here because we've seen him. Like, I I go in blind. I don't want to hear anything, you know, because it'll definitely impact what I feel when I go in. So at the end, she told me that she's seen him. Although she saw him with brown hair, so she probably saw him at a younger period. But as I left, she told her, she had a couple friends over. Um, and as I left, she goes, well, I'm going to go to bed with Sam Elliott now. See you later. <laughs> so, you know, she was cool with having the ghost there. It didn't bother her. Uh, she just wanted more clarification, you know.
0: When somebody calls you to, to for help, what's the procedure you guys use?
1: Um, You know, it depends on what it is. Um, If it's just, I just want to know if there's something in my house, something, you know, I've been feeling stuff, um, then I, um, I will just set up time with them and uh, I'll go and walk through uh, either by myself or, um, you know, bring another medium with me. Sometimes it's nice to, we, we won't talk though. We write down, we both write. That way we're not impacting each other's or, you know, feelings, what we're picking up on. Um, and then once we're finished, we compare notes and then we go, uh, this last time I did it by myself. So I didn't have anybody to compare notes with, but, and then go take our findings to the homeowner and just, uh, say, here's what we felt. And then now tell, tell us what, you know, what you've been experiencing. And it usually lines up, you know, I'm pretty confident in my abilities. So, um, I'm not. I'm not too worried about being incorrect, but uh, but there are times when they do try to fool you, like you said, like the, you know, negative entity pretending to be a little girl. But I feel like I I see through that, like because when I'll see a little girl and then it flips, to to um, an older man or it gets darker. Like I don't know, it's hard for them to fool me. I feel like I don't see it, so I, it's hard to explain. Um, you wrote a book about a whole city that was haunted. Our whole town. Yeah, tell the one I live that. in. Yeah. yeah, tell me about yeah. that. Yeah, that's New Harmony. That's a southern, very southern tip of Indiana. Indiana shaped like a boot. We're at the very, pretty much the very tip of it. Okay. And um, I moved here six years ago. I grew up in the area, but I had never lived in New Harmony. I was aware of it. But uh, I lived in Massachusetts for 30 years. And after my kids grew up and left the nest, I felt the need to come back to Indiana to spend time with my parents while I still had parents. And um, I was very pulled to New Harmony, like couldn't explain it. They were house hunting for me everywhere. They wanted to go everywhere. I was adamant. It had to be New Harmony or I wasn't coming. And um, I got here and got settled in. And I was trying to be quiet about what I did because it's a little southern Indiana town. I didn't want to all think I was a weirdo. You know, I just kind of wanted a place to live and heal and, you know, kind of almost a retirement home. And um, got here and started walking around and going, holy cow, every building has a ghost in it. It was unbelievable to me. I mean, I've been to a lot of really haunted towns like Salem or, you know, anything in Massachusetts, really. And this was so intense. And so then I started asking people. And that's when I got all the stories. Um, Oh, yeah. Every, you know, there were a lot of stories that had been passed down uh and and the the town has a really unique history it's the site of two former utopian societies so the first one happened in 1814 a german lutheran came here escaping religious persecution brought 800 of his followers over and uh they were here for 10 years and then they sold the town to a man whose idea of utopia focused on science and um education And, you know, it just has so much history here. So many people, it's a town that's very beloved. Like, have you ever noticed that a lot of really beautiful old Victorians or old homes, beautiful stately old homes are haunted? And Mm -hmm. it's because the people love that home so much they don't want to leave it. And I feel like this town is almost like that, you know, like one big stately Victorian. People love this Mm -hmm. town. It has a different feel to it. I feel like it could be on ley lines. The energy here is different. You walk around, you feel safe. You feel like you're back in time. Everything's a slower pace, uh, and you don't care. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a weird feeling. It's a tourist town, so we get a lot of tourists coming in, and they all feel that too. They're like, "Wow, oh, this town's so great. I feel so relaxed when I'm here." It's like, you know, people have vivid dreams uh, a lot when they're here, and uh, I don't know, it's just a weird vibe, but. Um, you know, I ended up writing the book Haunted New Harmony, uh, after collecting all these stories, and then I ended up starting up a ghost walk business called Haunted New Harmony Ghost Walks based on my book. So, you know, we just walk around to all these. I mean, it's so condensed with the haunting that I now have two ghost walks, separate areas of town, uh, that we can do. The, the hauntings are just side by side by side, and we have stories and witnesses, and um. You know, it's, it's pretty wild, but nothing really that negative. A couple of them are a little on the, on the negative side, but not bad. It's mostly just people that didn't want to leave, just like, you know, we talked about.
0: That's, that's that's interesting because I know um there's a couple of places up, up in the gold country that we investigate. Well, when, when we're investigating, we investigate frequently because we, we've run into that, too. But it's mostly gold miners and stuff because there's all gold mines up there. So obviously they're still
1: there oh wow claim oh gosh i'd love to investigate something like that that sounds really cool
0: and this was pretty fun i mean there's even stories in hotels of of the one hotel where the guy used to keep his dynamite under the bed when he slept wow for his claim he never blew up though that's the thing he never blew up but he, he'd store his dynamite in, 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 you know under that bed man and, uh, so it's interesting See so when you stay in that room he doesn't like women's toiletries or anything either because he, he's Mr. Man, you know? So if you put your toiletries up on the, up on the dresser, he'll always either knock them off or move them around the next morning. You get up your toiletries or
1: somewhere else. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really <laughs> great. Around, right? You know, Yeah. but
0: it just fascinates me You know, living in a haunted town because it's unavoidable to run, to run into these ghosts. Like you say, a lot of them are just glad to be there. You know, they love the town, but, um, you know, going through something
1: like that, are, are there any that particularly stand out in your town? Any of them that stand out? Is that what you said? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah, there's some well-known, you know, definitely some well-known ghosts. Um, it's like um, we finally got permission to investigate Murphy Auditorium, which is a, a huge old auditorium built in 1913. It's actually mm-hmm. one of the newer buildings as far as being an old building, but uh, there's been a story going around for generations about a uh, handyman, maintenance man named Gus that supposedly haunts the basement. And people will hear footsteps on the step, stairs going to the basement a lot. And uh, he, he has shown himself in the creepiest of places the ladies' dressing room. So these poor women that are in the play are going in to change, and they open the door, turn the light on, and they're. Uh, Hand standing there, you know, with the maintenance with his uniform on, and then he disappears. So, um, you know, and I don't know if he's really there or if it's just, you know, lore that's been passed down, but we finally um, got permission to go in there and investigate. We're doing two in public investigations in October. So I'll be able to have more information. We're definitely going to be seeing if we can get Gus to talk to you. You know, we were there we did a little pre-investigation because there's nothing worse than doing uh, a public hunt and having nothing happen. And you have all these people staring at you like, you know, what are you trying to prove here? are no ghost, you know. Right. So we went in just to make sure that they were going to talk to us. And um, we were using a portal which hooks into a spirit box and just eliminates some of the choppiness. And um, the guy in charge of the building was on the stage walking around. Uh, kind of pacing back and forth, like he's kind of done with us, like, you know, he was ready to leave, and it had been a long day, so I don't blame We are up all the way at the top of the seating, um, up near the control booth, and we had the portal going up there, and we were asking some questions. We were getting some answers, but not all of them were clear. Like, sometimes you just get a warble random, and you're not sure what it says. But uh, somebody said, who's on the stage right now? And clear as day, it said Paul. And that is the name of the guy that was on the stage and he stopped and he turned and looked. And, uh, I put that EVP up on my, uh, it's on my SoundCloud. So if anybody ever wants to hear any of my EVPs, I have like, I don't know, four or 500 of them up on SoundCloud. And it's just, uh, my name, Joni Mahan, uh, link is on my website, JoniMahan.com. So, but, um, you know, we, he could not believe that he was he was you know, if I think he believed, he never really said one way or the other. He was kinda of quiet about it, but after that experience, you know, he definitely was a believer. <laughs> so
0: that is really cool. love it when that
1: stuff happens. And I think yeah. they do it on purpose sometimes. Like, you know, we're gonna prove to him, you know, that he's he's actually wrong that we are here, you know, and uh they, they did it. What do you think it, um, it's
0: like being a ghost? Because I always think, one the, let's do it, think about it this way, the movies that are out about ghosts, you know, mingling with people, you know, after looking at these movies and doing this for as long as I have, I think that, like, the movie The Others is about as close as it gets. Yes, I
1: was kind of just thinking about that's one of my favorite ghost movies of all times like and I remember when I watched it we were living in a haunted house and uh and, and it made you think for a minute like am I the ghost am I really dead you know um I think that it, it varies I think some of them are very aware of us and I think others are just living their existence and they don't realize we're here maybe they catch glimpses of us on occasion mm-hmm um i feel like it's like they're almost in a separate dimension from us but sometimes when they get so close they can see us uh, or that we bump together or maybe sometimes they pop through i mean i can tell you um the one that's here right now is um standing off to the side over here and it's a female and uh she's aware of me. She's listening to me. She came in closer as I started talking on this podcast. So mm-hmm. I feel like she's listening, maybe she's learning. Like she's like, Oh, we're we should probably go. We're not gonna get anything from this one. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So what what well, do you think? It's like the others. Yeah,
0: I mean I, I think I, I think that's one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah. Know, as far as far as getting that across and the confusion that the ghosts have, the confusion that we have with it, mm-hmm. you know, between, between the two. That's, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of those because I'm real fascinated when, when they do come, you know, and I, and I look at them. Um, I have one in here behind the curtain back here that hangs out in my bathroom. She's always standing <laughs> there staring out at me. She introduced her ghosts. Whatever people you, ghost. <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> you want to hang out in my bathroom, I'm good. You know. <laughs> just don't leave the bathroom, but yeah. It's kinda of nice having this yeah. thing up because you know, she can't like bore through well, she probably can, I just don't know it. <laughs> um when people ask you about ghosts in general, what answer do you give them? I mean, you know you 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 get clients that say, Well, what are they exactly?
1: I believe they're human souls. Um, I believe the time, my feeling is that at the time of death, most people cross right over without any option. But some people balk and mm-hmm. uh, their body's dead, but their soul stays around. And, you know, it could be because they want to stay and watch over family members or maybe they had a sudden death or uh, I believe suicide victims. Uh, I believe they stay earthbound because of guilt. And, you know, other people, maybe they've done something bad and they're afraid of, you know, repercussions. Um I, I don't know, just a number of a number of reasons. Uh, but I believe most of them are just the soul, you know, they're just energy. You know, they talk about, you know, energy can't die. It, you know, it just transfers into a different form. And Um, I feel like they just stick around. I can imagine how frustrating that would be. So I can appreciate, you know, the heightened emotions that they feel because, you know, they can't, they can see us, but they can't communicate with us, you know, and um, they see somebody like you and I, and they latch onto us because they're like, oh my gosh, that one knows we're here, you know, where they've passed, you know, 200 other people that just walk right by them. So You know, I think it would be very frustrating.
0: The other thing I find sad, and and this happened in a hotel up here in the Gold Country. There were two children that run around this hotel. And they're looking for their mother. And then if you go in the kitchen, the mother is in the hotel. And she's looking for the children. They both, you know, both sets of of people ended up on two different planes.
1: And they can't find each other. They can't find each other that is really sad it is really, sad. really have run,
0: sad have you run into stuff like that
1: um yeah we have um you know actually in haunted posey county i have a story about a town called griffin uh and they got hit by a massive f5 tornado in 1925 and it just flattened the town and uh 75 people were killed and they talk about the town was kind of rebuilt. It's, it's tiny compared to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people in town talk about sometimes they'll hear a woman crying, wailing, and other times they'll hear a baby crying. And they, they feel like the mother's a woman lost her baby in the tornado and then she died. She's looking for her baby and the baby's looking for the mom. So, yeah. Um, and it could be residual too. I don't know. You know, it's, it's I haven't experienced it personally. I've just heard the stories, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's very sad. And, you know, those are the ones I really want to get involved in because I want to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I'm a helper in that aspect, but I'm also a little bit sometimes cautious because I don't want to end up bringing something, pretending to be a baby crying. So I just, it's funny, I just attended a festival. I do, for whatever reason, September's festival season. And I'll set up a booth with my books and promote my ghost walks. And people come up and tell me their ghost stories. And I had this young woman come up and tell me about this cemetery. And as she was describing it, there's a bunch of military graves that are all in a circle facing each other. And I remember that, and I thought that was really odd. And um, she said, well, one of the uh, stories is that um, people will hear a baby crying in the woods, and if they go look for it, they never come out again. And I was like, oh, my God. I, yes, I was there like four years ago with a friend. And I just kept getting a weird feeling there. And as we walked in this blue sky, beautiful day. As soon as we got in the middle of the cemetery, these dark clouds moved in. And then this um, circle of like crows started uh, flying around in a circle above us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it started pouring rain. And right before it started pouring rain though, I heard it, I started, I'm a huge animal lover and a cat crying in the woods would be very compelling for me to go find it and I started to walk to the woods to find it and then it just started releasing buckets of rain and uh, so we ran to the car. my friend encouraged me to leave the cat and run to the car
0: and as uh,
1: so I hear this story about this baby crying in the woods I'm like oh my gosh what would have happened to me if I would have gone into the woods after this cat that probably didn't exist so we're definitely going back to that cemetery now <laughs> because hearing the story, you know, it's very, but I won't be going in the woods after the cat or the baby. Do you so.
0: know what the other frightening thought about that is though, is whatever that was, if that's, if that, if that in fact is whatever is mm-hmm. making people disappear, it got into your head. It
1: knew what I would go for. Exactly. Yeah. I knew what you would go for. yeah. Uh, like, I think I would have, if I heard a baby, I would have been on the phone to 911 before I even went into the woods, right? You know, because I would have thought there's no way there's a baby crying. But a cat, you know, mm-hmm. they get dumped around here all the time. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, that poor kitty, you know. Um, and I did actually walk to the edge of the woods and, and was looking, you know, and I didn't see anything. So I was fairly satisfied there really wasn't a cat there because I probably wouldn't have left until I found a cat, even if it was pouring down rain. Um, but, you know, and the sound stopped, but yeah, you know, it knew what, it knew what triggered me, what I would go for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's frightening about it though. And that's why I'm
0: going back to check right. it out now.
1: People that will keep me trigger. from going into the woods. Right.
0: <laughs> that's what the trigger for me would be though, is, is, is either a little cat or a do- a little dog,
1: you yeah, know, something yeah. like that pull me mm-hmm. into the
0: woods because I'm one of those people I see the stray dog, I'm trying to get it so I can get it back to its owner or whatever, you know. Yeah, same. But same. It's stuff like that, yeah. Um, I've had my name called from across the airfield when no oh, one was funny. there. On the airfield, you know. And it's just creepy because it was a man's voice. I could definitely hear it, but you know, you look around and no one's out there. You're just like...
1: And you don't have a short name either, you know, for it no, to call no, your no, name I'm out. Call, yeah, and you could clearly yeah. hear it. And I had another investigator with me that heard it too. And we just looked at each other and we went, wow. You know, and- I've had mine called out over um, the spirit box uh, many times. Like I'll say, do you know who I am? And they'll say, Joni, Joni. But um, we had an investigation here in town in New Harmony at the old school gymnasium. And I was talking about that tornado that killed all those people. Well, they brought the victims here to New Harmony, which is only six miles away. And they put the um, deceased people in the basement become a temporary morgue. So uh, we were down there investigating with a group of people. And one guy had um, he had some kind of program hooked up to the Internet. And I can't think about what it was, but it's very similar to the portal. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had left. I had my recorder sitting there and I went to check the other group. So I walked out of the room away from the group to go check the other group that was also in the basement. And uh, while I was gone, I didn't hear this till later, and I got home and reviewed my audio. But across the portal, it said, "We want to talk to Joni Mahan. like first wow. and last name." And like that was a first, and I have that I actually had that clipped on my SoundCloud, but clear as day, like there was no doubt what that said. And, and it was warbly, so you know it wasn't a, another person in the room saying it. But oh that was wild. So yeah, the they know us. The, the portal's yeah. crazy. I
0: mean, I've used it, and we've picked up German voices on the portal. Oh, I mean, wow. You can't, you can't deny that. I mean, when you're on an investigation, and you pick up a foreign voice, how can you deny that? So I go down, and I'm, I'm kind of perplexed, talking to another investigator, and client comes out and says, Oh, my great-grandfather was German.
1: Hmm.
0: You know? How can you yeah, deny that? When- that
1: yeah, or when you get swear words that you know are not allowed by the FCC on the radio so yep. um, you know I've gotten so many just really intelligent monsters. like we were um, we were in another place I think this was in Maine and it was full of ghosts it was an old seminary building and it was full of ghosts and um, as we turned on the spirit box all these voices were coming through at once and it was like on top of each other and I said all right, you guys you need to talk one at a time and a male voice came, it got really quiet, a male voice came through and he said, we're not going to behave. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, that's good, you know? And it was clear, so clear that we heard it at the time. Like a lot of times with spirit box, you think you heard something, but you're not clear until you get home and you clip it with headphones on and, you know, mm-hmm. slow it down or speed it up or whatever you need to do. This was clear right off the bat. we were like, we all laughed when we heard it. We're like, okay, <laughs> cool.
0: The other thing I always find kind of cool and unnerving at the same time is when, you know, you get to the part of the, the investigation at night where you're tired and everything's funny. You know, you start cracking mm-hmm. jokes and you're talking. I got the EVP recorder going and there's two ghosts having a conversation below us. And this was, and you can hear this guy go, I'm really hot. And the old guy goes, yeah, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. you're like, well, that's not my people okay i don't know who this is and what they're talking about but somebody's hot they don't know why turned out later there was a um a fever that ran through this town oh wow that we found out so maybe they were talking about the fever but it was just funny because it was two distinct male voices i mean really clear class VPs. and this wow. is what they were saying uh, i'm hot i don't know why so it's well, like they're having it. their own like you say the they might be stuck somewhere and they're still living their life. So they're having their own
1: independent conversations below what you're having.
0: Cause they don't know. You, you know, know,
1: we we've had that. Yeah, we've had that. I remember one investigation we went to, um, it was a lot of my students. This is in Massachusetts. It was the Houghton mansion in North Adams, Massachusetts. Um, which is now no longer open for people. to investigate. But It was on ghost adventures and ghost hunters. Uh-huh. Um, but we were um, we were in one of the main people there's bedroom. I can't remember who it was. You know, they all kind of lived together. But um, as mediums, we were picking up on a man and a woman there. And then all of a sudden, the man disappeared. Like we couldn't feel him anymore. And the voices were coming through. Um, he told her across the spirit box, he said, you need to cloak yourself. They can see you. Or, you know, like, and, and then all of a sudden she went away too. And it was, it was like, okay, we just learned something. Uh, How cool is that? That they can cloak themselves away from us if they're a high level, you know, and they learned a thing or two over time. And he was telling her and we caught it on video, on audio. So it was like, wow. Okay. That was cool. That is, that is really cool.
0: Joni, this hour went by so fast.
1: Yes, it did. It did. It was. And I a want to thank you for, for talking,
0: talking with you. I really enjoyed it. It was a great interview. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And we'd love to have you back on to talk about the the the, the place you're going or, or the other places that you go.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There's tunnels and everything. Yeah, I'll have a lot of lot of stories to tell about that one. So, you invite me back, I'll be here. Absolutely. All right. How can people find you? Uh, they can find me on my website, uh, JoniMayhan.com. If you can't remember how to spell my name, just look up HauntedNewHarmony.com and it'll come up the same thing. So all okay. my books are on Amazon, and um, I'm hoping to have another one out by the end of the year. So, okay, fantastic. All right, well, you have a good evening. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. You have a good evening too. And we'll catch you
0: next time because I'm dying to okay. hear about this place you're going to tomorrow, man. Okay. All right. Have Sounds a good one. All right, All right, thanks. But Bye. okay, guys, that was jo- that was Mayhan. Man, she's got some stories to tell. I told you she did. I told you she had some stories to tell. Anyway, tomorrow we're shifting gears. Catherine Ramsland's gonna, Ramsland's going to come back on. We're going to try and do this. See how the video works. If not, we're going to uh, do it via um, phone tomorrow. If the video doesn't work, so hopefully, hopefully the video works. You know, but. Uh, Yeah, she's going to be with us tomorrow talking about cemetery, you know, stories and and embalming stories and all that stuff. So we're going to have a nice chat with her about that. Again, if you like the show, um, do, you know, if you're on Facebook, do hit that uh, follow button. If you like the show and you're watching or you're watching from Twitter, hit that follow button. And, of course, if you're over at YouTube, please hit that that little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat on. Because that that is our mascot that will take you over to our YouTube site. You can also check us out at californiahuntsradio.com. The paranormal group itself is at californiahunts.org. Again, that that, uh, website is undergoing a lot of maintenance right now. So I'm starting to move stuff over, so it's probably incomplete at this point. But we're getting there. Little by little baby steps to get this thing moved. Um, If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We like to think that we're equal opportunity here. So that way, you know, the, the whole key of this is to get the word out about the show. You know, that's what we want. Word of mouth, right? Oh, but I forgot about Instagram, right? Ghosty Gal. I'm Ghosty Gal on Instagram. Go ahead and check out my Instagram. Do some likes on there as well. TikTok. California Haunts. If, you're, if you, you have a TikTok, come on over and... What is this? Ooh, don't touch me. There's something right here. Um, I can feel it. It feels like little spider webs. Um, yeah. TikTok. California haunts. And we have uh, promo videos for these shows. There's also some comedy stuff we put over there and some stories of ghostly locations here in California that we've investigated. So we got all kinds of stuff over on our TikTok. So check that out. And remember if you're over on our TikTok, be sure to hit the like button and all that good stuff. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. I really, really, really appreciate it. And if you see that ticker along the bottom, that's because California haunts... No, I don't sniff anything. I'm just here. It's just allergies. I'm not a sniffer. Okay. California haunts, um, <laughs> I hate allergies. California haunts doesn't charge for investigating. We simply go out because we're out to help people. And that, that's our main goal is, is to help people learn about the paranormal and educate and help, you know, help them get the ghost out or whatever we need to do to help them out. So and that being said, everything comes out of our, our pockets as team members. Plus it comes out of my pocket, like free equipment if something breaks. Of course, I have to come up with the money to fix it. So uh, we could use a little help, you know, especially with this, because, of course, I'm paying for the Internet bill and, and the computers and everything else. So it's something bus. Cha-ching, right? So if you could help me out a little bit, that would be great at PayPal.me at California Haunts. Or if you don't like PayPal Venmo at just Venmo California Haunts, that would be a great help. But I want to thank each and every one of you that listen regularly, each and every one of you that are new that have come on to listen. I really appreciate you all. And again, we're going to have a great week of shows. So this is only the beginning, and I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a good night.